This episode is brought to you by The Romero Group, a full-service property management and investment company based in the Roaring Fork Valley since 2015. Their extensive team of 100 professionals supports their core focus of association and special district management. In addition to property management, they have a vibrant real estate division and recently acquired the Lakota Canyon Development and Golf Course in Newcastle. I can attest they are locally based experts and dedicated members of the community and proud sponsors of Selling the Mountains. Learn more about their services by visiting www.romero-group.com. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Christian Knapp. This is Selling the Mountains, a show about the booming mountain town real estate economy and unique personalities fueling it. Each episode is an insider's perspective on market trends, lifestyle, success stories, and the ups and downs of homeownership in the mountains. Christian Knapp is the former chief marketing officer of Aspen Skiing Company and a lifelong mountain town enthusiast. He is an accomplished marketing and sales leader who has worked for the top resorts in North America, including Aspen, Vail, Breckenridge, and Keystone. Currently, Christian is an independent consultant and principal at Moment of Truth, a boutique marketing firm specializing in brand development, strategic planning, and digital execution. All opinions expressed by Christian and podcast guests are solely their own and do not reflect the opinions of the companies or clients they represent. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for real estate investment decisions. My guests today are Tracy and Bubba Eggleston. Tracy and Bubba are a professional husband-wife broker team with Aspen Snowmass Sotheby's International Realty, specializing in luxury residential sales. Tracy was born in Philadelphia and grew up in Palm Beach, and Bubba is originally from Scranton, Pennsylvania. They met while Tracy was working in her family's real estate investment and hotel management company and became a husband-wife broker team more than 15 years ago. With their comprehensive knowledge of the market and philosophy of living what they sell, they are consistently one of the most successful broker teams in the hyper-competitive Aspen real estate market. In our conversation, we discussed the competitive advantages of teaming up with your spouse while maintaining a strong work-life balance. Understanding when a client truly wants to sell their property versus just listing it. Lastly, we talked about the importance of staging a home with more and more buyers researching online in advance and the market dynamics driving Aspen. I hope you enjoyed this great conversation with Tracy and Bubba. This episode is sponsored by SH Building Group. The experienced team of professionals at SH Built consists of client, site, accounting, subcontractor, design, and craft building specialists. They integrate the latest construction management technology and offer home guardianship services and advanced inspections. Tom Sherlock and his team helped remodel my home and their attention to detail was unsurpassed. Start planning a project today. Visit shbuilt.com or call 970-923-1122 and tell them you heard about them on Selling the Mountains. <laughs> One of my favorites that I can share, we had a house that we had listed on Upper Red Mountain that we sold a couple of years ago. And when we originally went to interview for the listing, the owner had explained how prior to building on the vacant lot back in the 80s, that he had camped on all of the different lots he could find on Red Mountain in a tent to really see where he wanted to be. And he actually camped on this one for a little bit of extra time. And when he built the home, he 
built it to maximize the views and the things that he experienced while he was camping there. And it was always fun to tell that story and to watch the way potential buyers reacted to that and know that, you know, so much thought and care went into the building of that home. I always thought that one was really fun and really unique. I love that story. And the other, we have a few. I mean, one time uh, my mom lives in Bali, Indonesia, and we were over visiting her with the kids. And we got a call from a client that was coming in to look at some properties. You know, Bubba basically looked at me and said, I think one of us has to go back. So we nominated Bubba. (laughs) And he flew back from Bali to go take this client out. And the client bought a home, um, quite a beautiful home. It was worth it. And at the same time, we missed him. But it was um, it was a fun story because we do we definitely do try to adjust our schedule and make sure that we're available for our clients when they do get to Aspen so that there's never, you know, a time where they come and, you know, they want to look at property and they feel like we're not there for them. So we try to be available for them um, as much as we can. One of the other funny stories was we had a client, gosh, they had been looking for years. We would kept pointing out things that might come available. And there was a new house that was just built down the street from us actually in the West End. And we were out walking our dog. And sure enough, we saw somebody we knew come. They actually came out of this house and we approached them and said, hey, do you know the owner of this? Would they ever be willing to sell this property? And um, he said, they might be able to. They might be, you know, they might be willing to uh, consider that. Turns out they were. And our client was literally flying out that day. And they were out at the airport. And Bubba ran out and got them from the airport, brought them back through the house. And they ended up putting in an offer on the house before they got on the plane. And we were under contract that night by the time they got back to New York. <laughs> it was a funny story because it was just, once again, our our dog actually is, you know, that might be our theme to the entire relationship and <laughs> real estate business. <laughs> but um, it was just a funny scenario. So we're always out looking and um, for new properties and, uh, and new experiences, and and sometimes that works out. We ironically actually met the day that I closed on my first apartment on um, East Hopkins, and actually met out walking our dogs, which is kind of a, a fun little detail in our in our story. We had a three year courtship, <laughs> and um, no, we actually we were married in two thousand four, and I had been in the real estate business for quite some time. And in terms of family businesses, uh, that my family started in real estate here in nineteen ninety two, and we had been in commercial real estate, and then we decided to get out of commercial or out of not commercial, out of uh, the hotel business. And I decided, well, I might as well get my license and, uh, and sell the three hotels. And Bubba and I, after we got married, he decided he would also get his license because I would be, you know, I would be out and about and 
looking at real estate and coming home and wanting to have a conversation with him and analyze every story and every house that we, I saw. <laughs> so he ended up getting his license as well so that we could work together. And we found that it was really compatible. We each sort of took our own, uh, our own positions and, and uh, followed along that path. So now, you know, flash forward 15 years, there is a lot of real estate teams that could be a husband and wife, mother, daughter, father, son, um, just partners. You know, what differentiates you from those broker teams today? I think one of the things that differentiates us is that we were one of the first to do it in our market. And um, the amount of time we've been doing it together is longer, I, I think, than anybody. We like to travel a lot. And we noticed actually that when we would be in other other locations, we always actually made a point to go look at property or see how other people were doing it. And along the way, we noticed there were husband and wife teams. And it just kind of naturally transitioned into that. Well, let's address that. So working as a husband and wife team, I'm sure that has its advantages and its challenges. Give us a little insight into how that dynamic works. I think um, one of the, the the really interesting things is that you you kind of get two for one, and we spend a lot of time bouncing ideas off of each other or t- talking about our deals or comparing houses, and we and we do it sort of all the time naturally. And even though we enjoy our family life and we enjoy our recreational life and we enjoy you know everything we do, uh, our clients get us sort of 24 seven with real estate on our mind. I think that makes sense. Um, you know, I can see, you know, I mean, I bet a lot of people are questioning in their minds, you know, you're working with your spouse day in, day out, you live with your spouse. Um, I'm sure there can be flashpoints there and that blending of, of work and pleasure. How do you guys balance that? I think we do a good job of balancing both lifestyle and work. Bubba has come to realize that He's he's really the one that goes out and shows the property. He knows the area. He has an incredible memory. So he's able to really, you know, take the clients out and point out every single house and um, the details of each house. And and I grew up in a real estate family. And so I'm all about the negotiation. And I really love trying to get to we always say, how do we get to yes? You know, like I really try try to get the deal to come together. And I think between the two of us, that's the way we balance our uh, workload. And I would say that the, it's funny talking about balance. I think our, our, um, our roles in our business, I think we complement each other really well. And it's one of the things that makes us really effective as a team. You also asked, um, what are some of the competitive advantages or or what differentiates us from other real estate teams, I would say that one of our strengths is that we have our own assistant. Um, her name is Jamie Butcher. And we, she is truly a part of our team and an extension of us so that it, we, it allows us to be more covered, give more time to our clients, give more personal time to our clients, um, and she's an important part of that. And every team doesn't have that. I think a number of teams, actually, one or the other member are maybe the assistant. And we actually 
are are both focused and and Jamie is our assistant that uh, can make everything happen without without interruption. How would you guys define your niche in the, in the Aspen market? I think that one's pretty easy. I think we live what we sell. <laughs> what do you mean by that, Bob? Uh, <laughs> the lifestyle. I component. think that the coolest part about of what we do is that we do it where we do it in the mountains, in Colorado, in Aspen, in the Roaring Fork Valley. And I, I think our activities are limitless, winter, summer, spring, or fall. There's something to do. And I think one of our favorite parts of our business is that we share what we do with our clients slash friends. And, you know, one of my favorite things is taking someone who's never skied the bowl. I love to take someone up and hike the bowl with them the first time and see that look on their face when they get to the bottom and realize what they did. I think to go mountain biking with someone who's never done it before is is pretty amazing. And and there are people who the things that we share with them then become a regular part of their lives and a regular part of their lifestyle in Aspen and they share it with their friends. So I think it's, it's pretty far reaching. And I, I think it's one of the coolest things about about our job and what we do. So Tracy, you have a pretty interesting backstory. You were born in Pennsylvania. You grew up in Palm Beach, Florida, and then went to school in Arizona. How did you end up in Aspen? And uh, what, what was that journey like? <laughs> well, um, I moved to Palm Beach uh, when I was about four. And then I went out west. My brother actually went to University of Arizona as well. And we were both at the Elder College of Management, which it's now called. And one summer, I didn't have a plan. And a uh, sorority sister of mine asked if I wanted to come and open a bungee jumping company with her and her boyfriend and a couple other people. And we all came out to Aspen. And we opened a bungee jumping company down in Carbondale, and I was a test jumper. I used to be a lot more daring. And um, anyway, I fell in love with Aspen. My um, my father actually came out that summer uh, and my brother, and we all decided that we wanted to be here for long term. And so we started looking at real estate back in, that was back in 91, and uh, bought our first couple of properties in 92. And that's how I came to Aspen. And I uh, have been here. I took a year off in uh, 95 um, and worked for Merrill Lynch as a financial consultant, but I missed Aspen too much. And so I moved back here and uh, started diving into the family business, uh, which was hotels and gas stations at the time. <laughs> Wait a minute. Bungee jumping in yes. Carbondale. You got to tell me, where, where were you doing? <laughs> so, you know, the gas station <laughs> that is actually now um, the gas yes. station. Um, and then there's the Days Inn and then there's a field next to it. And we used to uh, tie the hot air balloon. It was a hot air balloon and it was tied to my Jeep. <laughs> <laughs> and it would go up, um, I don't know, a couple hundred feet. And then you we would launch out of that and um it was really fun <laughs> right at the intersection right at the intersection of 133 and highway 82 basically is where it was 
And uh, yeah, so it was called Adrenaline Adventures, which I believe is still around. Um, so it was it was actually a big company at the time. And so we were just a franchise. Uh, the guy that owned it and ran it was a fraternity. Uh, he was at a fraternity at our at Arizona. <laughs> it was very funny. <laughs> Bubba, you have a pretty interesting backstory as well. Um, grew up in Scranton, Pennsylvania. You were uh, an athlete, um, played college football. And, uh, you know, I know sports has been an important part of your life. Um, and then you actually were a truck driver at one point. Tell us a little bit about that. So I, I feel really lucky. Sports definitely were a big part of my life, shaped kind of who I am uh, growing up where I did. I, I was a quarterback at um, a prep school in, in northeastern Pennsylvania called Wyoming Seminary. And I actually went up to New England to Phillips Exeter for a postgraduate year after that, which then led to uh, being lucky enough to uh, play in college at Columbia University. And a lot of things I do and how I do them are definitely still, still influenced by, you know, a lot of my sports life. And I, I actually coach uh, football in, in Aspen. You know, so football is still a big part of my life. My, my son happens to play. My kids are athletic. You know, it's just kind of who we are and naturally, naturally works in the mountains. Um, the truck driver part is really interesting. We, I grew up in a, a family business, a very uh, industrial background. My family um, rehabs water filtration plants for municipalities, and we sell the filter media that's used um, in these water plants around the country. And in 1993, we were lucky enough. It was the first, uh, my first spring out of college. We actually won the bid to rebuild the water plant in Aspen. And I was able to live in Aspen. I lived in a place called the Copper Horse, which is about two blocks from where we live in the West End right now, ironically. And I was able to live there for the month of March and half of April. And then I was able to come back in the fall for end of September and all of October to build the water plant. That's really what got me to Aspen. I had been on a ski trip in the 80s, but spending time, I knew exactly this is where I wanted to end up at some point in my life. We started coming on vacation, Christmas and spring break, kind of like most vacationers. After about three years of that, I walked into a real estate office. Uh, that is uh, was called Coates Reed and Waldron. It's not actually in Aspen anymore, but I walked in and left that trip with a uh, with uh, my first condo in 1997. So it's kind of how it how it all worked. The truck driver part of it, um, like I said, we we rehab these water filtration plants all over the country. So uh, I spent my summers in high school and college. And uh, the years after college, basically roaming the country, living everywhere for six weeks to three months at a time, rebuilding these water plants. And a lot of that done was, was done in a tractor trailer and actually have over a million miles in a tractor trailer, which is kind of an interesting piece of the puzzle. But I can tell you that I've lived everywhere for a little bit and I still knew our valley and Aspen was where I wanted to end up, which I thought was pretty neat. I kind of tested the waters everywhere and ended up where we are. I got to ask you this, Bubba. Do you have a favorite truck stop? <laughs> I have a lot of favorite truck stops with a lot of favorite food. And there's one that I still get to visit 
every once in a while we go over to Utah and go to Lake Powell a lot. There's a truck stop in Green River, Utah that serves the best pork chops and eggs in the country. This episode is brought to you by Aspen Snowmass Sotheby's International Realty, the premier brokerage in Aspen and the Roaring Fork Valley. As the largest local real estate brokerage, we are a powerhouse firm with international reach and over 180 hand-picked brokers who are local experts, deeply vested in our community and our clients. We continue to set the bar in market knowledge, sales volume, and satisfied clients, and have helped our clients buy and sell more homes than any other real estate company in Aspen and the Roaring Fork Valley for more than 20 years. Our year-to-date sales are greater than the next four companies combined. For us, it's not just business, it's personal, because we're convinced there's no better place to live than right here, right now. Learn more by visiting us at www.aspensnowmasssir.com. So pivoting into 2021, you know, I know you guys have had some closings already uh, in the first quarter. How is it going and how do you think it's going to unfold? 2021 is looking good for us. With what we currently have under contract, plus what we've already closed in 2021, our total sales uh, will be higher than 2020 by June. So we expect 2021 as a whole to be a a great year for us. I think one of the challenges that we as brokers are going to run into as we get a little farther into the season is the lack of inventory. The amount of properties that have been purchased uh, has, has definitely impacted that inventory, which which has made options a little scarce. It's making buyers have to be more decisive and uh, make decisions probably a little more quickly. Also, you know, I think buyers have to decide what's most important to them. They usually come to town or have been in town and they come to town with a, a checklist of criteria of their ultimate house or their their dream home. And I think what you find as the inventory gets a little more limited is that you look at houses and, you know, you might look at one that has the dream view that you were looking for, but it's a little farther out of town than maybe you would have thought before. And then you realize that actually around Aspen, nothing's really that far from town. So uh, I think people are trying to figure out what criteria are, are their main priorities and figure out and figure out what works for them. I think, uh, Christian, one of my favorite jokes <laughs> that I've heard so far um, about the real estate community um, or, or in the real estate transactions is uh, there was, you know, a, a meme or whatever going around that said, you know, buyer ask, what kind of inventory is there in your market? And the broker replies, remember when you were looking for toilet paper in May? and it was very it's very um you know that's what we're experiencing right now the lack of inventory has been pushing buyers to really prioritize what's important to them you know ultimately i think what people are finding is that they want to be in aspen or in snowmass 
but they have a particular idea of how many, like the bedroom factor is probably more important to them than the exact location and being in a two block radius, which in the past we've, we've worked with buyers that say, okay, we want to be from, you know, second to fourth street, uh, on Francis and Helen and the West end, or we only want to be on Willoughby or Salvation and Red Mountain, or we want to be central core and walking distance to Matsu or, you know, the, it's been so specific on location. And I think what we're finding, especially during this pandemic and during COVID is that people are really adjusting their priorities, whether it's number of bedrooms or size of home or land. A lot of people are looking for space. We found I, over this past year, a lot of the properties outside of the core actually were sold. People want space. They want land. They want social distancing. Um, and to be able to have um, their outdoor space, that's really become a, a really important um, selling point of every home are is really the outdoor space and and patios and decks, et cetera. The a lot of people coming from cities really are looking for that view and they're looking, you know, to wake up and be reminded they're here in the mountains. And and uh so it's been an interesting phenomenon in in my opinion going into this upcoming year of what has become priorities for people and what in terms of luxury homes, you know, what's really selling and uh, the adjustments people have had to make in terms of finding the home that will suit them. Let's talk about that, you know, those expectations or that checklist and, you know, and, and setting setting expectations really, right? Because as you mentioned, there's not a lot of inventory. And if somebody comes to town and has something in mind, number of bedrooms, proximate location, are they surprised by what their money gets them or not gets them? I feel like a lot of a lot of our buyers, and I think this is because we've been at it a long time. A lot of our buyers are we we work with them by word of mouth. They're friends of friends, friends who have visited clients that we've already sold homes, so they've spent some time in Aspen. So it's it's not like they are in total sticker shock mode because they're a little bit prepared and have an understanding of the market. But I do think that right now a common question we are getting is what would this have sold for pre-COVID because there has been an increase in price in, in, the, last, in the last year specifically. So it's a, it's a conversation we have. And I think it also depends on where we're looking. If we're looking in the downtown core, you get a little less for your money than in terms of space than you do on the outskirts of town. So what we try to do is actually we'll take someone to look at a specific price point and show them different homes in different neighborhoods so they can get a grasp of what a certain dollar amount buys you in different locations. With the run-up in pricing over the last year driven by the pandemic, do you do you guys think we're on the precipice of a bubble? <laughs> that's the crystal ball I want it. Um, that, <laughs> that's the crystal ball we're all looking for, I think, is that I think what we're seeing right now is sellers wanting to take advantage of what could be perceived as the height of the market. I mean, nobody really knows. And I think that we are seeing an influx of listings coming on. Some of them are 
at prices, setting um, new records at price per square foot or price points in a certain area. And I think that in my experience, over I've been here over 25 years and there's always a bubble. And it does, what I find is that it does actually reset itself but then it goes up exponentially afterwards. And that's one of the things that we have to talk our clients through is there may be an adjustment coming up. You know, nobody knows when that's going to be, but I don't, I would have to say, I don't think it's going to be anytime soon. I think as um, even as the vaccinations are distributed and more and more people get comfortable with what they enjoy at home. I do think that people are looking still and realizing what's important to them. And and that pandemic really, and COVID really made it a important factor as to, okay, what do I see my life, you know, my lifestyle being? And so I think that's why the market keeps going up right now. Will there be an adjustment? Your your question is, will there be, is there a bubble? Yes, I think that we are nearing the height of it. I just don't know when that's that bubble will burst. I, I don't see that. I I'd love to add, I'd love to add on that a little bit. I think I, I think of a, a story with a client <clears throat> from about 10 years ago, right after the the market downturn in 2008. 2009, we had a client who was a, I'll say a, a value buyer. And I remember the negotiation and it's interesting in Aspen, depending on the type of property and what size of property, but the, the negotiation points and numbers can be quite large. And I'll say we were down to the last $50,000 of a negotiation on a, on an $8 million home it got really difficult at the end. And the point and the direction I'm going with this is I find that lifestyle and happiness and things like that seem to override those numbers in time because the same client I was out mountain biking with years later and he actually asked, how much did we pay for that house? And it's such an indicator of how lifestyle becomes the the driving the driving factor and and really that it just it just becomes the most important part of your your buy at aspen for sure okay moving into sort of tools of the trade and how you guys conduct your business day to day who typically gets the initial call from a client if they're considering working with you guys so that's what's interesting i think most i think um Back to one of your earlier questions about the husband-wife team, I think what's interesting about our team is that some people feel more comfortable talking to a man and some people feel more comfortable talking to a woman. And so you never know. There's definitely, I would say, generally speaking, I would get more calls from the man and Bubba would get more calls from the women that are interested in buying. And it's maybe just a comfort or um, or something along those lines, but uh, it really does split up um, quite evenly. And there are people that um, it turns, and as we get to know each other, et cetera, and as we get to know the couple or or the person, 
themselves, we end up, you know, building the relationship for both of us. But I think that uh, initially it's probably pretty even in terms of, you know, some people just want to call Bubba. I mean, you know, his name just sounds friendly and fun, right? <laughs> I always tease that I should probably change my name. But I think that, uh, you know, it really depends on who they've worked with at their in at their home. You know, have they always worked with a man or always with a woman in real estate? And it's, but it's relatively even, I would say. Mm-hmm. I would agree. So you guys have, you know, several listings right now. Obviously, it's a little thinner than than normal potentially. Um, but what does it take, you know, I know you guys have a listing north of 20 million. What does it take to market a property like that? It takes a lot. I mean, you know, you're trying to, a listing is tricky because you're trying to uh, not only satisfy the seller, but also be in front of the right buyers. And so, you know, we we have recently engaged a, a social media platform and marketing team that has been great for us. We have gotten lots of comments off of that. We advertise quite a bit. Uh, unlike other areas, print media here is valuable. People read, you know, the two newspapers a day because that's all there is. <laughs> and so um, the print media, we do get calls off our print. We do get calls off our sign. We are very specific about our advertising in terms of placement, et cetera. But it, it definitely, uh, listing listings, especially those bigger listings, you know, require uh, the 3D tours, the videos, the Matterports, and, um, and an extensive uh media campaign in order to really get those listings in front of people. I mean, right now, uh, the percentages are up in terms of how many people start their on, you know, start their search online. And so with that is why we, we hired our great social media team to really bring out and get in front of more and more people. You know, we're working on a listing right now where, you know, you really have to balance emotion as well as, you know, statistics and it's uh, new records are being set every day. So the statistics are constantly moving and it's, and as well as, you know, people feel strongly about their own homes and how much they've put into them and how much they've enjoyed them. And, and, you know, so it's, it's definitely, it's a balance with, listing properties yeah to add to that to add to that i would say that one of the things that is really hard in our job and i i i think your sellers you know you ask what they expect i think they expect you to be realistic with them and to be honest with them and when you get feedback from showings and things like that they want you to share that with them and be honest about it and that can be tricky because you're you're trying to relay so that they can, you know, properly price or adjust the price or understand how the brokerage community or potential buyers feel about their property because really the mission is to get the property sold for them because that's what they want. So um, I think I think part of it is really about being honest and and uh, and realistic. 
would you guys accept a listing if the seller was just totally unrealistic in their number? So we would take a listing, but we would have an honest conversation about what those expectations are for that seller. And um, I'm not sure there's anything unrealistic anymore. <laughs> right. And the other thing is, is that, and a lot of times one of the, and one of the things you might be saying to a, a, a potential seller is, do you want to be listed or do you want to sell? And those are, those are two different things. And just as long as we all understand each other going in, I, I, I think, you know, you're willing to do that. But I, I, I think it's important to really um, have everybody understand the expectation and the potential for selling at a certain price. I know you're both very social people. Um, COVID's been challenging uh, to socialize and entertain and take people out even do drive arounds uh, to look at properties. How do you, how have you guys been managing that and how has the buying and selling process changed um, during the COVID times? It's actually, it's interesting because it's, um, it's changed through COVID. <laughs> we were basically shut down and there were no real estate showings in April and some of May last year. And then it transitioned into showings were allowed with masks and hand sanitizer and gloves and things like that. So people would come to town, fly in to look at homes and literally fly back out. During that period, it was such a weird, a weird feeling because it wasn't how we normally do it. People have masks on, so they don't get to see you smile. And you, you know, it's more challenging to read people's faces and, and reactions to houses and things like that. We had one showing, a group of showings, uh, I'll say in early June last year, and the people were um, incredibly, you know, COVID conscious as, as our, as we all are. And they were a group. So they followed in their car and we actually drove and it was, we called it the Jurassic park tour where we had them on speakerphone. And while we were driving, you're talking and pointing things out on the left and the right. And what's this, you know, it was, it, it, it was, it was kind of fun. It feels a lot more normal. Now there are a lot more people who are willing to ride in the car with you and it, it feels much more standard and normal right now. And and I assume as we get farther into summer, it'll be more business as usual. I know a lot of your clients are very high profile and, and really want confidentiality in the transaction. Most of the luxury mountain homes that are transacted these days are done with an LLC. Tell us a little bit about you know what's happening there and, and how you maintain privacy with your clients. Um, and your buyers and sellers uh, in a in a world you know driven by Zillow and people be able to check out uh, images and photos and transactions in the newspaper and on the MLS and and all of that. I think one of the biggest challenges is we are we ha it is such a small town and every everybody knows everything. It is a, s a small um, community and so we try extremely hard to make sure everything's uh, confidential and whether, you know, whoever our client is, whether it's a hedge fund or a sports, you know, a professional in that realm or anything of that sort, we really try to keep it confidential and try so hard to, you know, when people say, oh, who has that under contract or something along those lines? And we say, well, you know, we're not at liberty to say. And I feel like I say that a lot because people are very curious as to who's coming into town, who's selling their home. You, sometimes we get calls from uh, companies all over the 
country, like media companies, asking who's the seller on that. Can we provide any more information? And we really try to just, you know, say no comment or you know, we're not at liberty to say. Uh, you'll see a lot of people going doing LLCs. They ask their attorney to sign as their agent of the LLC. You know, again, that's in order to make sure none of the recorded documents have their names on any of those uh, documents and, you know, to ensure their privacy. And um, I think it's, I think it's important and they'll tell who they want to tell, you know, it's not, it's not our business to, you know, to spread that word. (laughs) Bubba is, you know, Bubba has some funny stories where people call him and ask him about certain people being under contract and, you know, and he's like, I, I don't even know who you're talking about, you know? So we really do try to avoid any kind of uh, exposure to our client when it's not necessary. Do some of your clients have second or third homes in, in other vacation destinations as well? Yes, I think sometimes people are buying their second home, third home, fourth home. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that for, I would say unlikely to have another place in the mountains, but this would be their mountain home. And then they would have their destination in the Hamptons or in Palm Beach. A lot of a lot of our clients are buying in Palm Beach right now. And I think that there's, you know, definitely at the price level that some of these homes have uh, gotten to, you know, they these people are buying multiple homes all over the nation and possibly the world. So primary residence in the city, mountain home in Aspen, beach home in the Hamptons or Palm Beach. Any other surprises in that list? <laughs> you know, they a lot of place, a lot of people actually have mentioned uh, Cabo has been a very popular one that people are buying. Um, so Mexico in, in general, I think, is a is another destination that a lot of people are going to. So I know you guys have a philosophy with your clients and your listings to to really dive into that home and and get it ready to sell and hire stagers and and make sure you know it's it's looks right and it's prepped for for sale and for the photos and the imaging that's really important these days. Is that something unique to you guys as a as a broker team? Is it something you're seeing as a trend? Let us know a little bit more about that. I think that uh, what we're what we've always done is really prepped our listings in terms of, you know, taking down the personal photos or any um, really any religious items or anything that might um, you want a client, you want a buyer to walk in and be able to envision themselves there. You don't want them to get distracted by looking at the photos of who currently owns it or anything like that. And so, you know, one of the things that we like to do with our listings is is really go in and give some suggestions as to how to clean off the countertops, make sure everything's down below. But also sometimes it goes as far as to, if the sellers are open to this, you know, can we put on a, a a fresh coat of paint. Sometimes it helps. A lot of these older homes have sort of that yellow on yellow tone. It really helps to just put on a coat of, you know, simply white paint. And all of a sudden it really freshens it up. And, you know, then we have a stager come through the house and um, before photographs and make sure that everything's set up just so, or they add plants or flowers or 
even fresh linens in order to get our photographs just right. I think it's super important right now, especially, and it became even, but it really became important when COVID hit because so many people went online. And I think the statistic is something along the lines of 95% of people that are looking at homes to buy are online searching homes. And I think it's so, the photographs and the videos are extremely important these days. And I think that's something we've always done, but I we do take it to the next level by having a stager, the, pho- the photographer, we ask to spend a little extra time um, making sure the photos are just so. And so we do sort of pride ourselves in the photography and videos that we do put out. Moving into my final, you know, I like to cover off on a few fun facts with you guys um, before we end the interview. But uh, if you had to name a recreational pursuit these days, is there one that's uh, particularly you're particularly fond of? Well, I well, it's winter, so I like to skin every day. (laughs) I don't get out there every single day, but it is one of my favorite things because you can you get the workout of hiking up the hill on your skis and then you get to ski down and it is just refreshing and clears my head and um Bubba what's yours I think one of the coolest things about living in Colorado is the strong four seasons and I love how we have these activities that are unique to each season and you get to do them every year skiing of course in the winter time I've actually added fat biking in the winter time which is really fun to be riding your bike up to the maroon bells in the winter when no one else is up there As we head into spring and summer, mountain biking is a highlight for me. One of our favorite activities, Tracy and I are, and our kids are boat people. We go up to Rudai Reservoir, which is about 35, 40 minutes away, and we get to boat all summer. And I I think there are a lot of people who don't even know that boating is popular in Colorado. So we wake surf and water ski and wakeboard and uh, a, a lot of lake time. And then as we work our way back toward Winter, uh, in the fall, hiking is is amazing. But I really think that's what's amazing about Colorado is just that it's pretty unlimited. It's pretty unlimited. We're very elevation-based. So what I find is very interesting is that right now, you could ski in the morning. You could drive over to Grand Junction two hours away and go mountain biking in the afternoon. And uh, I think those are the things that make Colorado unique. Do you guys have any particular places you like to entertain clients in town? You know, <laughs> there are a lot of good options and it's tough to narrow down which ones we, which ones we, I'll say favor. One of the things that we've always done, um, except for the last year with COVID is we've always hosted a, what we've always thought was an amazing New Year's party at Matsuhisa. Um, we're big fans of Steakhouse 316, Wild Fig, Aqualina and Cash Cash. Each one offers something different. I, I think the restaurant options are pretty unlimited in Colorado. There are so many good ones, but I would say those are the ones we frequent the most. Is there a nonprofit or charitable cause you guys are particularly uh, interested in? Yeah, we. Um, I've been on Theater Aspen uh, board for years now, <laughs> multiple years. And uh, I grew up going to the theater. My mom was involved in the uh, Florida Repertory Theater and we always just love to go to New York and the theater. And even though 
my kids are not involved in it, <laughs> although they should be because they have an amazing program. Um, they, it is, it is a uh, nonprofit in town that I really believe adds a lot of value to the town and adds, uh, it's just gotten better every year and the shows that are put on are just incredible. So we've supported them year after year. AEF, we've been um, supportive of as well. That's the Aspen Education Foundation. And, um, you know, we really believe that academics and education in this valley should strive to be the, the best in Colorado. And I think uh, AEF's goal is to uh, try to get get it there. So we've been supportive with them over the years as well. I would add, um, I would add youth sports. And I, I have found that we've, um, through the years, whether it's in, in time or money, we've always donated a, a lot to youth sports just because we think it's important. I think it's a big part of being a young person in the world and, uh, and really something that helps kind of shape how how uh, our youth turns out. So uh, I would say youth sports is a top priority as well. Final question. You know, if a homeowner is thinking about moving or, or buying a place in Aspen, what advice do you have for them today? Get here quick. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I think they, they really just need to get to Aspen and start looking. I, I said that jokingly, but the inventory is limited. And even though we are starting to see some listings come on, the the good listings are going under contract very quickly. Um, there was a listing recently in the the West End that came on. It was under contract in six hours. So it if it's the if it's a good listing, you have to be be prepared to act and move quickly. And I think that would be my biggest recommendation to buyers right now. Just out of curiosity, Tracy, what was, what was that listing? What was the price point of that one that just went under contract in six hours? Uh, $17.9 in the West End. Dang. <laughs> there you have it, folks. Uh, you have six hours to make a decision about your $17 million home. Um, Tracy, Baba, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for your time uh, and your insight. And you guys are an inspiration to the brokerage community and, and Aspen and, and the Roaring Fork Valley in general. Love spending time with you guys outside of work environment and uh, look forward to doing lots of stuff with you guys over the next um, six, seven months and uh, into the fall and winter again. Uh, what's the best way for listeners to learn more about you guys and your brokerage team? Probably just online, eggelstonteam.com is probably the easiest way to get all our information. Uh, but texting us is probably better than calling or emailing because even when we're in Lake Powell, we still get texts every now and then <laughs> as we pass through service. <laughs> so I think that's um, probably the best though is online. Thanks for listening to this episode of Selling the Mountains. You'll never miss an episode if you subscribe or follow the show. If you liked what you heard, please leave a short review and share it with a friend. For more information about Selling the Mountains, including feedback, suggestions, or sponsorship opportunities, please visit sellingthemountains.com and sign up for our newsletter. You can follow the show on Instagram or Facebook at Selling the Mountains. You can follow the host on Twitter at Christian Knapp or on Instagram at Napstagram. 
This show was produced in collaboration with Dustin H. James at Podborder. Selling the Mountains is a production of Moment of Truth, LLC. All rights reserved.